Welcome to Allendale Market Talk Podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. It is the week of the Allendale Summer Conference. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday this week, Drew Lerner is going to speak about uh, weather, uh, hopefully giving us an idea about uh, La Nina. And then uh, Mike, myself, Steve Georgie, and Rich Nelson are all going to talk about the uh, the grains and the livestock. So let's kind of give a little bit of a preview, Mike, about what people might hear at this conference and kind of a little bit of a teaser trailer, I guess. So what's your thought on the corn as we move forward? Because I know you're not giving the, the corn presentation, neither am I. Where do you think corn goes from here? Well, based on what we saw here today, you saw corn go through that 330 threshold we've been talking about, but finish right on 330, which is showing that you're probably going to see it Hope uh, we'll see, but looks like it might be range bound still for a little bit. Uh, so we'll be watching the 330 to 340 and really looking for that break and close either above or below. Not right on, but above or below. So we might have just seen a little bit of a, a, a false breakout, false idea that maybe we had some interest to the downside with a second night of, in a row of uh, gapping lower, but quickly filling that gap. So. I mean, it looks like the the crop is is obviously at least the ideas are that this is going to be a sizable crop. Mm-hmm. Um, you had uh, conditions that improved by three percent this week, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe I mean that's a that's almost unheard of. I think the the latest we've seen that kind of a move, it's been what fifteen or twenty years, and that one was like a five percent uh, increase. So, you know, the fact that it's getting better. Um, you know, everybody will kind of take it into uh, into account that a lot of times it's a beauty contest. It doesn't necessarily mean that we've got uh, the biggest crop out there. Even when we have low, uh, good to excellent conditions, doesn't mean that it's the worst crop we've ever had. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll see wh- where they go from there. Um, as far as, you know, as far as what we could see that could move this market, is it all based, do you think, on what comes out on this August Wazdy report? Are they going to increase the the yield? Are we going to see a 180 yield posted by the USDA? Is that what's going to take to move this market lower? You know, it seems like every year we're talking about trade waiting for this August Wazdy report. And then the August Wazdy report comes and trade really does not care at all about the August Wazdy. It's not really a report that they change too much on. And typically the USDA doesn't really come in here until – Say, uh, the August was report to really change anything. So the August is September. Uh, sorry, October. Oh, the October. October. Okay. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Typically, it's the October was report that they come in here and do change. So we always like to put the the weight behind everything on the August WASD, but in reality, what we're looking for at this time frame, which is very well shown with today's bean movement, is what's the yield number that we're going to be trading? What's the crop looking like? Uh, it just happens to coincide with the August WASD, but in reality, what trade's looking for is what number can we realistically look at and say, all right, this is what we're trading. And we saw the big drop in, in acres on the June 30th report. Um, this August report, uh, I think it's right after or right before we get uh, 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 prevent plant data. Mm-hmm. Are we expecting anything that could move the needle even lower on acres on this one? Do you do you have any inkling, inkling on that? 
Again, just like the yield number, the the uh, acreage is also not something that's typically changed until the October WASD, and we haven't really heard any yammering about a potential drop, uh, a further drop in prevent at this point. If anything, there's been some murmurs about uh, soybean acres increasing because that really didn't change too much when you right. saw all those uh, corn acres being taken out on that June report. Right. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's shift uh, shift gears to the beans. Um, <clears throat> I will actually be doing the uh, the bean presentation this year, just like uh, the last uh, two conferences. Uh, I won't tell you what I'm uh, what I'm going to say because, well, let's face it, if you want it, forty nine bucks for podcast listeners. Um, but what's your take on beans? Because I I put it out to my customers every every day that uh, this is where I stand on these things. Where do you stand on beans? Are you are you friendly? Are you cautiously optimistic? Where yet? I think cautiously optimistic is a good one. Uh, as of what we saw here, uh, you had 10 days in a row of bean buying, and trade really didn't didn't do too much with it. Uh, it just seemed to coast along until we did see the good excellent ratings, and then obviously being sold off. So we might be stuck in a larger size range than we are for corn, mm-hmm. uh, but at this time it doesn't seem like uh, beans are really caring too much about the demand side of things with uh, – us really for old crop having the worst demand in I think six seven years, uh, so that, that's something that's gonna be interesting. But once we get to August, I do think we'll have a different story. You've been seeing a good amount of demand coming through, and by then we should have some kind of solid number we're working with here on the balance sheets for yield. Sure. So I think cautiously optimistic is probably a good word uh, to be looking at it. Okay. Any any concerns about major downside in either the corn or the beans? I mean, obviously, corn we're at the bottom. We're I mean we're within eight cents of the contract lows today. I think it was seven cents actually. Um, and then you've got the beans that have have held that rally a little bit better. Uh, they're kind of like you said, playing a little bit larger of a range, eight seventy five, eight eighty up to nine dollars and ten cents, nine fifteen. But is there anything? that would make you think that we've got a big amount of downside that could hit us uh, between now and, say, October or or when the the combines start rolling? So the only thing that I would say that really gets me nervous about any kind of huge downside is if we do start to see cancellations come on, uh, especially from China. We've had this rhetoric that's just been extremely poor, and... At the same time, you've been seeing China buying. So if you have the poor rhetoric and then you combine that with cancellations on uh, the the bean sales that we've been seeing, that's probably something that would get me a little bit worried. Okay. Uh, right. So that's that's really the only thing I could paint at this time because at this point, seeing any kind of sustained big downside move, what you're really going to need to see is some kind of market interest to actually even enter the market. That's the biggest thing right now is just no one really cares to even trade this thing. Okay. Now, as we as we wrap things up here, let's talk about uh, a few uh, a few other things that are going on in the markets and we've seen this this slide in the dollar in the US dollar. We've seen this massive move in markets like gold, silver, lumber. Now lumber could be attributed to weather because of the the hurricane or or uh tropical storms but when you see a move like you've seen in the dollar where you drop from 98 down to 93 something and then you see this move in silver and gold where they've gone parabolic to the upside 
What's your take on that? Do we, are, do we have concerns about inflation at this point? Or do we have thoughts of inflation? I don't know if it's a concern if commodities are going to go higher. But So a couple things that should be mentioned uh, in regards to everything is it really seems like the majority of trade has no idea what to think anymore. And the reason for that is because every single indicator – that would normally be used to indicate whether the stock market's overbought, oversold, if the Fed is uh, raising first decreasing based on a jump in stock prices that, uh, or a decrease, no longer works. It's really everything's been pretty screwed up with how the Fed's been acting with the interest rates. You've been seeing the market going higher. Even before the crash in March, you saw the market running higher, but they were decreasing interest rates, which typically is not the way it goes. Right. Uh, typically, at the end of a bear move, you see commodity prices start to trickle off. Uh, but as we've seen, the commodity prices have been just horrible. Uh, so every usual indicator we see is no longer a good indicator. So right now, entirety of trade is trying to figure out what are our new indicators? What are we supposed to be trading here? And that's why across the whole space... You've been seeing just low volume. You've, you haven't been seeing big uh, institutional money really wanting to put themselves out there and put on this risk. Uh, so you've been seeing uh, people start to move into gold and metals. And recently, as of today, you've seen a real whipsaw kind of trade uh, enter the market. But it's just a lot of uncertainty across any realm you're trading. Now, like you mentioned, in the, with the whipsaw type action in, say, the silver or the gold here today, where you had an outside day de- up, down, and then all of a sudden we're back trading towards the higher end of that range for the day, and then it's it's going to looks like it's going to close lower on the day. Is there anything that you can take from that? Is this more just trying to correct some of the overbought condition that you've built in over the last few days? Or is that a symptom or a sign that maybe this this thing's not meant to, to hold? Well, what you're seeing right now is typical of a bubble kind of move where you have it go absolutely parabolic. And in the last couple of days, you really have those big, giant moves that everyone in the news, everyone on the street, you'll talk on you know, at your local bar, and everyone seems to know exactly what's going on and yeah a lot you, of experts out there now a ton of experts out there and even grandma knows that you have to be buying silver and that's about the time you know that all right you have everyone on one side of this boat and it's about to start tipping and that's what you saw today it's going back and forth swaying because everyone is everyone's getting nervous everyone's panicking and that's sure. usually when you find your tops in place okay all right well uh we've got uh, one last thing i'm gonna put you on the spot because you are delivering the wheat uh, presentation and just in our conversations over the last six, eight months, I feel like we're both on a similar page where we're almost always bearish on wheat. We do recognize there's opportunities for, for some upside corrections, maybe maybe a bounce off of a, a fundamental tick or something like that. But just give us the 30,000-foot view of, of wheat, bullish or bearish. You'll have to tune in to find out. $49 for our podcast listeners. <laughs> so make sure you give Zach a call to make sure you sign up for that uh, conference that's starting tomorrow at 2 o'clock with Drew Lerner, uh, Greg, Steve, I, and Rich on Thursday with the Grains and Livestock. But today for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride. You guys have a great one.